As a driven dentist, you see the world differently. Where some see scarcity, you see abundance. When others want to give up, you keep going. You're building an amazing life of significance. That means you can't rely on ordinary advice from ordinary advisors to get to your goals. You want advice that's going to help maximize your net worth so you can take even better care of the people you love, the causes you care about, and make your dent in the universe. But the fact is, this advice remains hidden because relatively few professionals are well-versed in them, and the extremely affluent don't care to let you know about them. Join us as we pull back the curtain to reveal the often hidden advice and strategies used by today's most successful individuals and families. Welcome to Dental Wealth Nation. Here's your host, Tim McNeely. Welcome, everyone, to another edition of Dental Wealth Nation. There's a lot of things that keep me as an entrepreneur up at night. It can be the stress sometimes. It can be anxiety. It can be issues with my team members or just how the overall business is doing. But there's another thing that keeps me up at night, and it may keep you up at night, too. And that is debt. And, uh, you know, I've accumulated some debt in, in acquiring assets through my life. And it's, it's something I want to get rid of. And I'm slowly working on retiring that debt because I want to be debt free. And chances are, if you're listening to this also, you at some point want to become debt free also. And that's why I'm so excited about today is by the time we finish today, you're going to know that becoming debt free is actually possible. It's a reality that you can achieve. You're going to have tools to help you better communicate with those around you about your finances and about money because money can cause a lot of stress and anxiety. But most importantly of all, you're going to feel confident that you can live and build a debt-free lifestyle. And I am so excited about our guest today. Our guest today is Christy Ruff. She is a financial coach who's been helping people and not just people. She's also helped me and my wife get out of debt and pay better attention to your finances. And, and what I love about Christy, she's got a passion for encouraging you to dream big and helping you achieve even more so that you can take better care of the people you love, the causes you care about, and really make a lasting impact for generations to come. Christy, welcome to the show. Night, Tim. Thank you for having me. It's awesome to oh. be here. Oh, I, I am just so thrilled. And, and it's such an important topic that you and I are, are talking about today is, is debt. And, you know, in, in your work with people, do you do you happen to see anyone out there with any debt in the world today? <laughs> yes. Um, actually, I'm a pro- part of Dave Ramsey's preferred coaching program. And the stats that he gives is 80% of people live paycheck to paycheck. That's pretty staggering amount to me. And it's scary. Yeah, no, I absolutely. Why do you think that that 80% of the population that, that that's eight out of 10 people, that's a lot of people. Why do you think so many people out there are, are living with, with debt today and living paycheck to paycheck? Well, because they weren't taught about finances when they were younger. Um, I Almost 100% of the people that I talk to say no one talked to them about finances when they were younger. And going through school, no one taught you about finances. You know, think about yourself, Tim. When you went through school, did anybody teach you about taxes? Did anybody teach you about credit cards? Did anybody teach you about 
just how to set up a household budget. And for most, almost all, everybody, like I said, that I've talked to, the answer is no. Um, I find that it is really helpful for these people just to start talking about it, period. We don't even have to get into numbers. We just have to start talking about it. Because what happens is you're able to start focusing more on what the problem is when you acknowledge the problem. Hmm. Wow. Well, you know, in, in my household, we certainly had some conversations about money and, and I learned a couple lessons. I learned that at Christmas time, my mom would buy us all our Christmas presents on her credit card. And right. So 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 we learn things that aren't necessarily the 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 right habits and the the right mindset. And, and I want to get into your journey here in a little bit and and talk about your transition from from being into healthcare to to financial coaching. And, and it's so great that you're here because we're talking to other healthcare providers. We're talking to, to Dennis today, and it's a, a world you certainly understand. But but why do you think like once again, why is it so hard for us to have conversations around these topics and around money and around debt? What gets in the way of us talking about these things? Because we feel like it's personal and it becomes emotional. And that's what the problem is. When you get into to talking about things that bring up emotions in people, it really throws them off kilter. Um, I've had several clients say that they didn't even know how to bring up the conversation of finances in their household. Um, the other clients have been like, oh, I, I was divorced and my husband handled all that. So I just don't even know where to begin. So our society teaches us that's a taboo subject. It's kind of like politics and church. We don't talk about those things. Hmm. Well, why? I don't understand. You know, if we sit down at the dining room table and teach our kids that this is the money that we have coming in each month and this is what the mortgage is, where do you want that $20 to come from that you want to go out to dinner with your friends with? Where does that come from? They just think that it's magic, just like you did with your mom and Christmas, you know, yeah. and it's all magic until that credit card bill comes in the mail and then it's not magic anymore. <laughs> Yeah, I, I learned later on in life, you have to pay those things off. It's crazy. Who knew? But, uh, you know, would you share with us a little bit of your journey and, and your transition from working in healthcare to, to helping people through financial coaching? Well, again, my story is kind of emotional. Um, I started my journey when my husband and I got married 25 years ago. And we just kept accumulating debt and accumulating debt. Our house that we had built in Maryland was a 5,200 square foot house. We had three and a half acres. So I've had the big house, the cars, the whole thing. And 2008 hit. So I don't know if anybody remembers what happened, but market took a kind of a crash. It kind of went oops. So they got they did away with my husband's job and he was in middle management. So when they did away with his job, that was an oh crap factor of now what do we do? You know, we have this big mortgage, car payments, the whole nine yards. So we decided to move to South Carolina 
because it was cheaper. We had already bought property down here because we kind of saw the light coming towards us and it wasn't a, a, a flashlight. It was a freight train. <laughs> so we moved to South Carolina and bought a piece of property, came down here when we sold our house in Maryland and paid cash for the house. Thought we were in the free and clear. Our habits didn't stop. We continued mm -hmm. to build debt. So at one point, we had $290,000 worth of debt, not including our house. So fast forward to 2014, I started writing it all down in an Excel spreadsheet. And I said, enough. This has got to stop with me now. And I went to the Dave Ramsey coaching, uh, the Dave Ramsey class, and that taught me how to budget and how to start not relying so much on debt and credit cards. And eight and a half years later, I am debt free. So it is possible. That's that's amazing, Christy. Wow. Yeah. I, and exactly. so I. I... I, I noticed when you were sharing that, you, you kind of reached that moment where you said enough is enough and, and that change has to start. How important is reaching that point of being able to mentally say enough is enough? Is that essential in this in this transformation in the mindset and overcoming debt? Yes, it is essential. You have to get to that point of be, being willing to change. And then you have to get to a point of being willing to be open to listen to what other people have to say and just hmm. follow whatever the information is, just follow their lead. You know, like with me being a coach, I, I have to just tell people it's just that simple. Just do it. And I promise you, if you get a little bit better each day and a little bit better each day, it'll come quickly you'll be out of debt before you know it. One wow. of one example I always give wow. is of client, my clients that they were in healthcare as well. They didn't even want to look at their finances. She put it in a closet and closed the door. And I'm like, what do you mean? How do you, how do you live and not know what your finances are? She's like, I just don't, I don't look at it because it was a big, scary monster to her. So when you start opening that door and opening up those feelings and those thoughts, it all became easy. She, they paid off their car six months early. They put money in the bank. They're literally selling their house right now to get out from all the debt they're in. Wow. I, and, and so how do you think your, your background as, in healthcare has influenced your approach to financial coaching? Are, are those related in any way? Yes. Um, having empathy, compassion, caring about people. If you don't care about people, it comes across when you're teach when you're talking to them and when you're teaching to them, because it can come across. If you don't care about people, you can come across as you're talking down to them. And that's not ever what I want to have happen or to, to do. Because when, just feel, just think about when you, what you feel like when you're talked down to. You, you're like, 
I don't even want to listen to this person now. So it becomes a stopping point. So what I found was that, and another part that I found is that the way that I am as a person comes across because I don't sugarcoat things. I'm not going to tell you it's a, a, you know, a lollipop when it's not even a dum-dum. You know what I mean? I'm not going to tell you that it's going to be all rainbows and unicorns when there's thorns and bushes in the way. But I, you, we've got to get through those thorns and bushes to get to that other side. Yeah. Well, I, in, in help, and that's such a valuable lesson. And I appreciate you bringing up that, that empathy piece, because I, I think that's so key. And, and, and what you shared about, you know, finances so often being a monster to people and I, and this big, scary thing, I think a lot of us are scared to, to open up our bank statements. We, we are scared. We, we, we may like to add up our net worth, but we may not like so much to look at our cash flow statement because those are very different things. And, and sometimes that cash flow statement and that P&L can be pretty scary, especially when it comes to debt. And, and dentists, they accumulate quite a bit of debt over their, their lifetime, right? Whether it's the school loans they first get or it's acquiring that first practice or then acquiring an office building and then maybe some new equipment down the road. And then they've got a house and they've got cars and kids. And so so that, that lifestyle really starts adding up quickly. What are some strategic debt management plans that, that you really help these doctors implement? And, and how should we think about our debt that we have? There's two ways of dealing with it. Um, one way is that you just build up more income to cover the issues. But what that does is it doesn't show you where the issues are. It just puts a rug over the dust. If you think about that, the other way that you can think about it is that it, you have to create a, a budget and I don't like using that word anymore. It kind of has a negative connotation. So I call it a spending plan. So when you say it's a spending plan, that's more positive twist on it, that you're mm -hmm. able to spend this money, but that you have constraints on it. So just like I was talking with one of my clients earlier today, she's a single woman who goes and spends $600 a month at the grocery store. And I said, I don't think that there's any way possible you can eat $600 worth of groceries. I said, let's, let's start talking about that. And what we found was that it was something that was so innate in her that she didn't even realize she was doing it because it was emotional. She was keeping herself from thinking about when she had nothing or when she wasn't able to fill the refrigerator as full. But I don't want to get into the, the, the mindset of scarcity, but I want people to understand what they're doing and be able to do it within the confines of a, a plan. Does that make sense? Oh, that, that that makes a lot of sense, and and I and right within that context of a, a spending plan, I, I know oftentimes one of the things I I hear is, well, I just I really want to buy this new a piece of equipment, and I'm going to finance this new piece of equipment because it's going to help me make more money. And so, 
why is that a dangerous way of thinking? And is there a better way to think about growing our businesses? Because oftentimes we think about, you know, accumulating debt to invest in our business, but is it really investing? Like, like what's going on in our heads when we think that way? Well, it just uncovers behaviors that you weren't able to put enough money away to capitalize on buying those new pieces of equipment. So it's there's still an underlying behavior issue that is not being addressed. Hmm. So, and we also look at keeping up with the Joneses. So yes, you may be able to buy that new piece of equipment because the other dentist down the street has it. But if something were to happen to that dentist tomorrow, would he be able to cover all of his expenses for whatever time necessary? So like if he were to crush his hand in a door and be out for four weeks, would he be able to cover expense? He or she be able to cover those expenses? You have to start thinking about it that way too. Like hmm. you need to have a progression uh way of doing things, but also a substantiation of what you're doing currently and understand that you need to have a, a good base and foundation set up in your mindset, in your behaviors, and in your processes to be able to support moving forward. Because mm -hmm. I think a lot of people just continue to move and move and move and they build their house on sand and then it all falls down and then they wonder why. Yeah. Well, right. Cause, cause that debt load can be pretty, pretty frightening. I was talking to a, another doctor the other day, his practice does about $1.8 million a year. And you would think you'd bring home some pretty nice income from a practice like that. His take home is only about $120,000 a year after all the expenses are paid primarily because there's such a massive debt load and, you know, and there's a plan to pay it off, but it, it's creating a lot of stress, a lot of anxiety, a lot of, a lot of worry there. And he's like, Tim, what do I do? And, uh, you know, it's so, cause we can get ourselves in these, these really rough places. And, and it, and it sounds like really kind of what, what we're talking about is mindful spending and being aware of, of where our money is going. And, and I know for so many professionals yes. in high income, in high income in, in in high income fields like dentistry, you know this mindful spending can really be a challenge. And so, so how do we think about prioritizing expenses and investments and paying off debt? Right? How do we put these things in, in the right order of operations, so to speak? Again, it goes back to getting your foundation in order. So make sure that you have a good savings account set up. Make sure you have all of your debt laid out to where it doesn't matter which way you do it, whether you do it by the, the smallest to the largest with the amount or with the interest. It's been proven by math that it only makes a couple of months difference of pay, paying things off. But have a plan to pay things off as well as putting money in the savings account for that rainy day for when things aren't going as planned. I don't want to speak negative over anyone, but, but there always has to be that uh, umbrella over everything. And you also want to make sure that you're paying yourself adequately so that you can start investing 
in your retirement, in your investments that you want to uphold, especially for the future. You know, if you start getting investments as quickly as you can, then they start to build and, and build compound wealth. But if you continue to let debt build up, it's going to do the same thing. It's going to compound that interest and that debt to make it an even bigger number. And then you're chasing your tail around. Hmm. Interesting. So, so, so kind of what I almost hear you saying is just, just start, get a plan, even if it's not perfect, just get some kind of plan together and start down that road so that you can, you can start paying yourself what you're worth and start getting rid of that debt. Yes, absolutely. Without a plan, just think of it this way, Tim, if you're going on a vacation, do you ever just go up to the airline counter and say, give me a ticket? you have to give them a destination. <laughs> so you need to tell them, okay, I'm going to Thailand. So then they can say, okay, from San Francisco to Thailand is going to be $1,800 here. Okay. Otherwise, when you walk into it blindly and you say, oh, I'll handle that some other time, some other time doesn't happen and it continues to snowball and make the behind the scenes bigger. Yeah. You have to be like the Wizard of Oz and pull back the curtain and show the man behind the curtain. Mm. So so really kind of going back to those first things we were talking about is just start having conversations around this and, and be willing to, to talk about it. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. And, and I see we've to, got to have conversations oh that are, I was going to say, just to have conversations that are real with your spouse, significant other, even if you're by yourself, to the person in the mirror, you have to be real and get real. Hmm. And I want to talk about that here in a second. We've got some live viewers popping in. If you've got questions for Christy, please take advantage of this time together. Put them down in the, the chat and we'll, we'll answer those questions about spending and retiring debt and how you can build that life that you're really looking for. Just put them down with love. We'd love to, to answer them for you. And so, so Christy, you, you talk about, you know, having honest and real conversations and, and, and right. Well, we talk about authenticity all the time. We talk about vulnerability and transparency, but, but like, what do those conversations start to actually look like and, and sound like it, if you want to approach that, or, or if you realize like, Hey, I, I'm, I'm struggling with this stuff and I, I don't know how to talk to my spouse about it because I'm I'm hiding all my statements in the closet and throwing them away the moment they show up. Like, like, how do you even start broaching these topics so that you can have those real conversations? That's a difficult one to talk about without personalizing it towards the person that you're speaking to. Generalities would be start laying things out yourself, like start looking up all of your numbers. Just get it in black and white. What do they say? Without something written, you have no idea of where you are and where you've been, right? So just like taking that journey to Thailand, you need to have a route in place before you can even broach moving on. So when I started 
with my Excel spreadsheet and looking at how much debt we were in, it was mind blowing to me that we had let it get this far out of control without having those conversations of it's Friday, it's payday. Why are we broke again? It's Friday. My payroll's due. Now what do I do? Um, just starting the conversation with reality and writing things down or, or putting it in a spreadsheet or whatever you have to do to get it out in the universe. All right. No, I, I think that's so powerful, right? Just start with a, a, an honest assessment of, of where you are. Just lay it out in, in black and white. And, I, and that actually kind of leads me to my, my my next question is, you know, many times people are working with financial advisors or wealth managers, right? I'm a wealth manager for driven dental entrepreneurs, but there there's something different about financial coaching. And so so in, in your view, how does financial coaching differ from that traditional financial advice that, that many entrepreneurs are, are getting from their advisors? Well, First off, I'm not certified in giving financial investment adv advice. So let me be clear about that. So when it comes to your spending plan, your expenses, your debt reduction, anything like that, I can talk to you about. What I find is more helpful is that people feel like that I'm more approachable than a financial advisor because they think that a financial advisor is going to do nothing but take their money and run. And that's not always the case. Just like everybody, everybody has to make money, but a financial advisor has to go to school and, and learn different techniques on how to set up your investments and things like that. I am here to be the reality for the, the mirror of reality. Let's put it that way. Mm. I'm here to shine the light on what you need help with to get you started on the path of getting to an investment place, to a financial advisor. Those people don't really deal with the people that are day-to-day -day people. They deal with things that are more long, long-term. And what I mean by that is you don't give your money to a financial advisor and then on Friday take it back out. You don't give your money to a financial mm -hmm. advisor and then tell them, oh, no, I need that back. Sorry. It doesn't work that way. But with a financial coach, you are able to deal with your household with me. So we sit and we talk about what you want your household to look like, what you guys have talked about, what you want your spending plan to be, where you want your investments to go in the future. I feel like I'm the more, if you want to give it an analogy, I'm the jeans and t-shirt kind of person. And a financial advisor is a person in the suit and tie who I send you to when you're ready. Mm, interesting. Well, I, and I love that distinction you just made too, right? A lot of the, the financial coaching is kind of the day-to-day the -day operations. It's what's going in and out of your bank account. Like, right. What happens on a, on a, on a daily and weekly and monthly and, and yearly basis. Whereas, you know, a lot of the, the financial advice and the wealth management, those are long-term strategies 
to, to get you to where you want to go, but you, you need that foundation that you really help people build, right? You, you got to manage that cash flow properly. Um, because it's one thing to, to meet with the wealth manager and for them to say, hey, you know, we can do all this stuff. You just have to invest this amount per month. You may have no idea how to find that amount per month. Whereas you really are able to step in there and say, hey, let's let's take that 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 picture of where you are right now financially, right? With the cash flow. And let's let's work on those things. So I love that distinction. And once again, I see Absolutely. some some people logging in. If you've got questions, just Post them down below and we'll get we'll get Christy to, to jump on those and, and answer them live for you. So coming back to just, you know, the, the impact that that finances can have. And so what are some of the, the things that, you know, happen to us when our finances aren't in good order? Well, just day to day can be sleepless nights and causing emotional strain to causing pregnancy issues, you know, because you're so stressed out that you could be not able to conceive if you want to conceive. It can be causing such things as divorce. It's the number one, it's one of the top 10 leading causes of divorce is finances. Um, those are the things that it can lead to and I'm here to be the detour in the road to see mm. if we can work something out to get you off of those sleep medicines because you can't sleep, to be able to get your mind to kind of relax and take it down a notch. When you, especially when you look at the credit card statement and you've got an overwhelming balance and you don't even know how it's going to get paid or, or why you even want to pay it. Let's talk about that. Why? Hmm. Wow. Wow. Very, very powerful. And so, so, so let's say we've reached that point like, like you've reached, right. You, the, where you reached that point, you, you were looking down at your Excel spreadsheet and you said enough is enough. Let's say we've decided we we've had enough and we're ready to start creating that that culture of financial health in our families and our in our lives and our dental practices. How can dental entrepreneurs really start fostering that that culture of financial health and mindfulness in their families with their staff with the the people they care about? How do we start doing this? That's been on my mind for a while. Um, what I was, what I'm starting to do is branch out to do workshops for doctors and dentists and things like that. Because I feel like if you just get the conversation started, then you're able to work with people on a different level. If you say, look, money and finances is not a taboo subject, it's not a scary subject and you get them to working on just something as simple as a spending plan. It starts to open those doors to, well, what else can we work on? Now we can work on looking at our debt. Oh, okay. Wow. Wait a minute. Now we can start looking at once our debt's gone, getting rid of the mortgage. You know, whether that's in your practice or in your home, you know, you, you, you have to have those, those things 
taken care of and talking with your staff members, talking with your children, talking with anybody who will listen, especially people that are younger in the younger generation, excuse me, they have no idea of what is going on in finances. And take right now, for example, season, people have no idea even where to start with taxes. And I guarantee you a lot of people miss out on some tax benefits because they don't know. And especially, like I said, with kids getting into this environment, they just go and hire a CPA when it may just be all they need is TurboTax. I don't know. You know? Yeah, no, very, very interesting. Great, great point. I, I love that you start touching on, right? One of the ways that, that we can build a, a, a healthy culture of financial health is actually just focusing on the, the education piece, right? Just educating ourselves, right? Uh, acquiring knowledge. That's one of the reasons I run this show. That's why we share these strategies and tactics with you is we want to create that, that financial education. I, but what often, you know, one of the struggles we, we see in financial education, especially among dentists, is is a lot of dentists I've talked to, they say, Tim, I'm not that good with numbers. But then I, I push in it a little. I'm like, actually, you're really good as long as those numbers are 1 to 32, which is the number of teeth in a human mouth. They've, they've got those numbers nailed. 33, 34, 35, all that's a little fuzzy. And so so I, what's your strategy for approaching financial education for people who don't have a financial background to, to really help them and make form decisions in their personal and financial life. How do you start bridging that gap? Um, like I said before, just mainly getting them to look at their expenses in a real time atmosphere. So like one of the exercises that I have, most of my clients do, and I think you'll remember this, is collecting your receipts for 30 days. Mm -hmm. Yep. And you don't think that that's a big deal. But right now we have, you know, phones that are do everything for us, including make payments on things that we don't feel anymore. So what I mean by that is um, it's become a big thing on online as well that you have lost that tactile sense of cash. So when you have cash in your hand and you go to Starbucks, you have a hundred dollar bill in your hand. You go into Starbucks. Are you breaking that hundred dollar bill for a $5 coffee? I'm going to scan this thing. <laughs> exactly. And that's what I mean. Even if you go to the gas station, most people hit no receipt. Or they can't even get a receipt out of the pump anymore, you know? So I want you to feel what that transaction feels like. And I want you to go into the gas station and get the receipt. And I want you to put it in an envelope for 30 days. And I'm not trying to punish you by doing that. I'm trying to show you that it's a transaction. And all money is in this life is energy. And it moves back and forth. You know, you in a dentist practice, would you ever consider doing dental work for free forever? Most 
people, the answer is no, right? You have to have that flow of income coming back in. So that's what I'm saying. We've lost, somehow we've lost that touch of putting that $100 bill on the counter and paying for that $5 coffee. Hmm. Um, you know, and, and that then reciprocates behind the scenes, you know, then that store owner is able to take the money and do what he needs to do, or the dentist is able to take that money and do what he or she needs to do. So if you make it more tactile, I think that that's one good strategy that people can use. And if all else fails, go back to nothing but cash. If you feel like you can't control the credit card or the Apple watch or the phone, go back to all cash, hmm. you know, take what you're going to pay yourself, you know, whether that's four or five, six grand a month, whatever that is, and take it out of the bank every month. They might look at you like you got six heads, but you've got to do what you got to do to get that in your mind that I'm on, I'm on a mission. I have a goal. You know, and a lot of people waste a lot of money. I shouldn't say waste. A lot of people use their money by like going out to eat and by um, buying dinner for everyone at the table. But you have to realize that that's taking money out of your personal spending plan and using it for other people. And that's that may be okay. You may have a budget for that, but you may not. Hmm. And if you don't get that under control, that can get out of control very quickly. And when you use that credit card, you don't even feel it. You take that receipt home and you throw it in the trash. You know, that's four or $500 gone. Easy. And, that, that you know, that might even be a mid-level restaurant. That's not even a high-level restaurant. <laughs> yeah. yeah, these days, that's, you know, your average place with a couple people for dinner. Wow. Exactly. Yeah, no, and I, I'm not I, saying I, I, that you need. I'm sorry. I'm just no, I'm no, not saying that you need to have that scarcity mindset, but I'm saying you need to be aware of what you're doing and what your goal is. Yeah, I, I love that you've referred to it as a spending plan and, and not a budget because it gives you permission to actually spend the money that that, that you make. And, and, and we do, we, we live in abundance and that's how we want to operate. But we also have to realize that, you know, some resources we do have limited amounts of. So let's let's spend them wisely. Let's be mindful of it. And and I love what you're just sharing too about making this a tactile experience, right? Just really parting with that money because they've made it so easy for us to spend. And and that's that hasn't been an accident. That's not on purpose to to get us to part with our money. So the the other thing I want to talk about before we wrap up, and this has just been so good, is I want to talk a little bit about the role of accountability in achieving financial goals. How important do you see accountability being in the financial coaching process? Oh, let me tell you, 100%, it's about accountability. When people don't have accountability, just like going to the gym, you can pay for that gym membership all day long. It don't matter. But until you get a personal trainer or a gym buddy that you go with that says, hey, we're going to meet at the gym at 630. Be there. Be square. Um, 
you don't have a goal, you don't move forward. So that's part of what I do and what I teach is accountability. So that's the way that my program runs is that you not only get the Zoom calls with me, you get an accountability partner and you get that touch that you need more than once a month or once every three months. So it's definitely part of the whole process is being accountable, not only to yourself, but to future generations. You know, the I have a son and he's 33 now, but I really had to have a moment with myself and realize what I had done. I had taught him all these horrible habits of how to deal with money. And he is in, he was in the spending habit of buying big boy toys and he wasn't making the big boy money. And it's like, as a mother, that was extremely hard. And I had to sit him down and say, look, I did this. I take full responsibility, but we're ending this now. You need to get out of debt and you need to do it now while you're young. Wow. Wow. That takes a lot of courage to, to do that. And I, I just, I, I applaud you for doing that. What, what a great way to lead your family. And because I, I think that's another mistake people often make is, is they don't own up to the mistakes they've made because of, of fear and shame. And, and, and like we've started off this episode talking about, right? You just got to be honest about these things. You got to just lay it all out there. And I think when you do that, you, you, you find that forgiveness, you, you find accountability, and you find a way to move forward and not continue those mistakes so that you can build generational wealth and you can make an impact that's going to last for generations. And I, yeah, I think absolutely. I'd love to. Yeah, and it was and, very heartwarming because. No, I was just going to say with my son, he was able to help two of his buddies at work start looking mm. at their finances and dealing with their debt. <laughs> wow. Wow. Right. See, talk about impact, right? One small change that, that you made with your son is already having a ripple effect and, and going out there and impacting his circle of friends and, and hopefully it'll spread on from there. And so, right. What a great way to, to give back, especially when it comes to, to finances. And, and the other thing is you've been married just a couple of years now. And uh, you know what, I think, is it 25 years? Mm -hmm. Right. Yes. That's amazing. And, and so Right. You and your husband, I'm sure, have certainly had those money conversations. And and what's some advice that you would offer the, those dental couples who are listening on on managing their finances together, especially when when one or both partners are involved in a high stress profession? Um, just like Nike says, just do it. I mean. <laughs> It's something that you have to get over that hurdle. Um, it can cause some uncomfortable conversations. I'm not going to lie. You know, when you were hiding all those credit card receipts and those packages underneath of the bed because you didn't want him to see them, 
that all has to come out to the light to understand where all that money went. And the other issue is, is that if anything were to happen to you or your spouse, you don't want somebody else to have to come in and clean up your mess. Plain and simple. Hmm. Wow. No, that's, that's such a good point. Right. And I love it. Just do it right. Just get started. Right. And, and so if someone wants to get started, how can we find you? How can we get in touch with you, Christy? InspiritFinancialCoach.com. I have a booking page there. You can book a free 45 minute call with me to see how I can help. So if you go ahead and just book a link, book a call with me on that link, um, we can sit down and talk about it. And I really would prefer if you guys, if you're a couple to have both people there so that we can make an educated decision together. Mm-hmm. No, I, I love that. And that's how you and I started working together is, is my wife and I reached out because we realized we were in over our heads, right? We, we could do it ourselves, but we weren't, right? We wanted that accountability. We want, we wanted to take the journey with someone else because we're pretty good at lying to ourselves. <laughs> and uh, right, having you yeah. as our coach, as someone who's helped us, we're already seeing tremendous progress in, in our lives and, and we're getting back on track again. And it feels so good. And I've loved the accountability calls. I've, I, I've loved the insights we've gotten from you. And so I, I just want to thank you so much for the, the work you've done for Dana and I, because it's made an impact. And it's, and that's why I asked you on the show was to share what you're doing, because I've personally seen the impact that it's been making. Thank you. That's amazing. Yes. And I love the seeing your journey as well. It's just, it's heartwarming to see when that actually happens and it comes to fruition. Well, well thank you again for, for sharing so generously with us. And so before we sign off, any closing thoughts? I've put your website down below. If you want to connect with Christy and I highly recommend it, you can just click below. But any closing thoughts before we sign off here? Um, just that it is possible that being debt-free releases that burden off of your shoulders that you didn't even know was there. It creates the ability for you to invest in yourself and in others and to give generously when mm. it's time. Wow. I, I absolutely love that so much. And, and I know I certainly feel even more confident to, that I can live that debt-free lifestyle. You, you've given me even more tools to communicate better with my wife, to talk about it. And, and once again, you've just encouraged me and all our listeners to know that, that becoming debt-free is possible. And so, right, if you're a doctor and you're struggling with that, I highly encourage you to reach out and get a plan. It's one of the best things you can do and, and you'll make an impact for generations to come. So Christy, thank you again for being an amazing guest. Thank you so much, Tim, for having me. And we'll see you again here soon on the Dental Wealth Nation show. You've been listening to Dental Wealth Nation. We hope you've gotten some useful and practical information from the show. Join us next time as we pull back the curtain to reveal the often hidden advice and strategies used by today's most successful individuals and families and help maximize your net worth so you can take even better care of the people you love. Till next time, make sure to hit the website at dentalwealthnation.com. 